0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change?
1: On January 12, 2010, at approximately 4.53pm local time, a magnitude 7 earthquake shook Haiti. The epicenter was located some 15 miles west of the country's capital city, Port-au-Prince. Franz
0: Florestal, who was vacationing in Haiti at the time, recalled, "...it sounded like a tornado followed by a bomb dropping. Then the noise under the ground started."
1: Within seconds, structures swayed violently, streets crumbled, and buildings collapsed.
0: Hours later, bodies were laid out in piles in the streets. Survivors clung to flashlights and torches, digging through the debris in search of their loved ones.
1: The U.S. government was quick to deploy military aid, by early evening on January 13, 2010, about 24 hours after the quake, American troops touched down in Haiti.
0: It was almost as though the U.S. had anticipated the disaster. The speedy response alarmed critics, including Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez. Vive TV, a network that Chavez and his government funded, Alleged the catastrophe was the result of a tectonic weapon designed to cause eco type disasters.
1: The media went ballistic. Digital Journal reported that Chavez believed the U.S. had used Haiti's earthquake as a pretext to occupy the nation. And Vive TV cited one specific culprit for the weaponized earthquake the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP. you can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar.
0: At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love, so let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
1: This is our second episode on HARP, an atmospheric research center located in the North Slope of Alaska. Despite repeated assurances that the program engages in scientific research, many still believe HARP was created to develop defense technologies.
0: Last week, we explored Bernard Eastland's plans that were eventually used for an enormous and secretive Alaskan research facility called HARP. From the beginning, Eastland maintained that HARP had the potential to control the weather and shoot down aircraft. His claims might have contributed to his separation from the project and may have gotten him killed.
1: This week, we'll peel back the public facade and dive deep into HARP's real purpose, exploring three conspiracy theories.
0: Conspiracy Theory Number One. HARP creates waves with the ability to alter the weather and perhaps cause
1: earthquakes. Conspiracy theory number two HARP is designed for nuclear defense, but inadvertently caused the Columbia space shuttle disaster.
0: And conspiracy theory number three HARP can be used for mind control. Mm-hmm.
1: Over the past two decades, Harp has been blamed for everything from floods in Pakistan to severe drought in Iran.
0: The idea of a government-controlled weather machine may seem outlandish, but we know officials have legitimately invested in that technology, as well as technology aimed at disrupting satellite communications.
1: Take a report presented to the Air Force in August 1996, titled Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025. It read,
0: The ionosphere could potentially be artificially charged or injected with radiation at a certain point. The result could range from temporarily disabling the target to its complete destruction via an induced explosion.
1: In simple terms, the essay indicated that weapons could alter the ionosphere to destroy targets in selected regions of space. And this wasn't the only potential weather-altering technology military researchers were working on in the latter half of the 20th century.
0: The U.S. government spearheaded Project Storm Fury in the 1960s in an attempt to weaken hurricanes. The Atmospheric Modification Program ran from 1980 to 1994, conducting large-scale cloud-seeding experiments to create unnatural rain and snowstorms. And HARP might just be the culmination of those programs.
1: Which brings us to conspiracy theory number one. HARP is a weather control program which also has the ability to trigger earthquakes.
0: Venezuelan president Hugo Chavez was one of the highest-profile advocates of this theory. His accusations pointed to strange events that began on January 9, 2010, just three days before a major quake swept through Haiti. First, a magnitude 6.5 earthquake hit near Eureka, California. Shortly thereafter, a strong winter storm blew into the
1: town. Temperatures dipped well below normal in the central, southern, and southeastern United States. Meanwhile, the Pacific Northwest experienced its fifth warmest January on record with unusually balmy 60-degree Fahrenheit temperatures.
0: Meteorologists marveled at varying and unprecedented conditions, but one thing remained consistent across the entire West Coast— extremely low barometric pressure levels.
1: For reference, the normal barometric pressure or air pressure within Earth's atmosphere hovers right around 30 inches of mercury. When the barometric pressure falls below 29.92 inches of mercury, there's a higher likelihood of stormy weather and, as a result, possibly even earthquakes.
0: Typically, we don't think of earthquakes as having any connection to the weather. They are caused by shifting tectonic plates which move below the earth's surface and the air and water patterns that make up the climate but in 2015 researchers discovered that earthquakes were very
1: slightly more common at times when air pressure was lower than average they theorized that slight variations in barometric pressure caused rocks to shift and resettle trapping air underground and contributing to rising stress along fault lines however Their findings were too new to say with any certainty that low air pressure actually caused earthquakes.
0: However the relationship works, something odd was happening on January 9th, 2010. It seemed that the skies were confused... Blizzards in the south and warm weather in the north accompanied by barometric shifts aren't typical occurrences, which could suggest that they were caused by some external force. An external force like Harp. In theory, Harp could have directed its supposed weather-modifying apparatus up at the sky over the west coast. It could have altered the air pressure over Eureka, California, seemingly triggering an earthquake.
1: The researchers probably didn't think that Harp could be used as an earthquake and weather machine. After all, the possible connection between air pressure and earthquakes wasn't published until five years later.
0: But maybe the 2010 California earthquake was an unexpected outcome, and the research team wondered if they could replicate the result. They just needed a place to test the equipment. As one of the poorest and least politically stable countries in the Western Hemisphere, Haiti could have been a viable target. They lacked the infrastructure to track what Harp was up to, so the chances of getting caught were low. And if Haiti did suspect the US of creating an earthquake, they wouldn't be able to act on it. Their small military was no match for the American armed forces.
1: It also didn't hurt that the United States already had a tense relationship with Haiti. The year before the earthquake, 2009, was a parliamentary election year for Haiti. And although there were allegations of rigging, the U.S. pushed for the results to be ratified. Some even accused the Americans of trying to force a particular outcome, like they wanted to unofficially take over the country.
0: If the U.S. couldn't pull Haiti's governmental strings through a fixed election, maybe it would be easier to infiltrate under the guise of crisis relief.
1: And American forces were well poised to provide said relief. U.S. SouthCom Deputy Commander, General P.K. Keene was in Haiti when disaster struck. He was in charge of coordinating with the U.S. Department of State and overseeing geopolitical, military, and humanitarian aid initiatives. His job was typically based in Miami, and he's never publicly disclosed his reason for being in Haiti that week.
0: But it was certainly convenient that he was there for the earthquake. Less than 26 hours after the tragedy, Keane stood by as Air Force Special Operations planes touched
1: down in Port-au-Prince. They were followed by some 2,000 Marines and 3,500 troops from the 82nd Airborne Division. An aircraft carrier also showed up less than three days after the quake. America's rescue fleet was robust, to say the least. But this last detail
0: raises some questions. Given the ship's weight and speed limitations, it seems unlikely that it could have gotten to Haiti so quickly unless it was prepared to sail immediately after the disaster. A military craft like that typically takes a lot longer than a few hours to prepare, which is why some conspiracy theorists believe the military aircraft carrier was already en route to Haiti when the catastrophe struck. Meaning, The U.S. government knew in advance what was going to
1: happen. And when the troops actually arrived in Haiti, they found citywide chaos. The demolished presidential palace had been near the epicenter of the quake. The Haitian government had quite literally toppled.
0: Three of the health facilities in Port-au-Prince were incapacitated too. One had collapsed and the others were so severely damaged that they had to be abandoned.
1: It's not like anyone could have called them for help anyway. Haiti's two primary phone services, Digicel and Comcel, were completely out of operation. All but one of the country's radio stations were down too.
0: Meaning if any eyewitnesses noticed anything suspicious, they couldn't reach the media outlets with their claims. It was almost as though someone had planned where the earthquake hit, and some believe this would have been all too easy to do with HARP. The fact that radio stations were down is really key to this theory, because radios posed one of the biggest threats to HARP. Its transmissions could have unintentionally been received by inexpensive portable shortwave receivers.
1: Anyone with the right radio might have noticed strange sounds several days before and after the quake.
0: And the thing was, someone did notice unusual radio wave patterns. In the month leading up to the earthquake, a French satellite called Demeter had been tracking
1: low-frequency radio waves. It recorded a dramatic 360% increase in ultra-low-frequency radio, or ULF waves, coming from the Earth's crust in the region of Haiti in the month before the earthquake struck.
0: ULFs can be described as electromagnetic emissions that come from the Earth's crust prior to an earthquake event. They originate below the Earth's surface, where tectonic plates shift normally it's difficult to measure the propagation of these waves in the atmosphere or ionosphere but the prevalence of ulf waves detected by demeter suggests that's exactly what happened and it happened at a higher
1: level than normal physicists studying the earthquake later noted that it was particularly dangerous because of its high magnitude and shallow depth this means that it was intense and occurred close to the Earth's surface.
0: Imagine a pile of jello on top of 10 glass plates. If you aggressively shake a plate closer to the top, it will move the jello a lot. If you move a bottom plate, though, it won't jiggle so much. There are 10 plates between to absorb some of that force.
1: To continue the analogy, Haiti's earthquake shook the plate closest to the jello, causing the most destruction.
0: And if it was just part of a test, it was a success, because it wasn't the only earthquake of its kind in 2010.
1: Christchurch, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea both experienced approximately magnitude seven earthquakes, all with a relatively shallow depth. It's really hard to account for how the earthquakes were so similar, almost identical.
0: Unless, as the theory goes, they were man made. And assuming Harp created those earthquakes, it didn't stop there. In fact, it may have been responsible for one of the highest-profile earthquakes in recent memories—the April 2011 Fukushima earthquake.
1: Coming up, a strange connection between Harp transmissions and a global catastrophe some 3,500 miles away. Ah. <sighs> Now, back to the story. The U.S. government's Harp facility has long been a source of controversy and has even been blamed for causing earthquakes like the one that devastated Haiti in 2010. This is in part because HARP might broadcast signals at a frequency that could be connected to ultra low frequency radio waves detected around the region in the month leading up to the destructive earthquake.
0: And it didn't seem HARP would stop after just one earthquake. If their technology was working, it was time to test it on a larger target. HARP's next victim may have been Japan.
1: On March 11, 2011, A magnitude 9 earthquake hit the Pacific coast of Tohoku and unleashed a devastating tsunami. The nuclear power plant in Fukushima was hit hard, crippling the country's atomic energy sources.
0: And strangely, in the three weeks that followed, the HARP website went down. Some think the outage was intentional, to hide the page's magnetometer reports. This type of instrument can measure disturbances of the magnetic field in Earth's upper atmosphere.
1: The data automatically logged to HARP's site could possibly prove that the Alaskan research facility triggered the Fukushima earthquake and tsunami. But the website never went back up. The logs from that time have been completely wiped from the internet.
0: But thanks to Harp skeptics who were monitoring the site before it was taken down, we have the records of the facility's transmissions prior to March 11th.
1: Multiple reports indicate Harp emitted a 2.5 hertz frequency beam just before midnight on March 8, 2011. The facility continued to broadcast the frequency all day on March 9th and 10th
0: meanwhile the fukushima fault was also producing vibrations in the form of seismic waves which radiate outwards from shifting tectonic plates
1: think of dipping your finger in a pool of still water the rings that emanate from the center are like an earthquake's seismic waves if you stir your finger around rapidly, the rings will look different than if you gently tap the water's surface. Likewise, earthquake frequencies vary from around 0.2 hertz to 20 hertz.
0: But according to some, Fukushima's was the exact same frequency that Harp was broadcasting, 2.5
1: hertz. Of course, this could easily be a coincidence, not damning evidence, and the science between such a connection could be described as foggy. Sue Mitchell, public information officer at the University of Alaska at Fairbanks Geophysical Institute, which now oversees HARP, denies the correlation entirely.
0: And John Heckscher, who was a project manager for Harp in 1996, insists that the site itself is strictly a scientific research site, not a hub for superweapons.
1: Besides, Japan's Fukushima region has frequently endured earthquakes and tsunamis for centuries. Within the last hundred years alone, there have been eight tsunamis in the area, with average magnitudes between 7.0 and 9.
0: As for Haiti, the region wasn't as seismically active, but its Enrico Plantain Garden fault line was due for an earthquake before 2010. Apparently it had been locked and gathering stress for about 250 years. Climate researchers warned in 2008 that a giant quake would soon hit the country.
1: In fact, it's hard to definitively prove that Harp had anything to do with the Haitian or Japanese earthquakes. All of the connections are circumstantial at best. And the theory that Harp is a weather warfare device sounds preposterous on the surface.
0: Fair. But what about the reports that Harp was releasing radio waves at the same frequency as the waves detected during Japan's earthquake? And we know the U.S. government has a history of developing weather control technology... Even if the harp researchers didn't mean to trigger devastating earthquakes, they could have accidentally discovered the capability while experimenting with weather pressure shifts.
1: That's fair. With all of that considered, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being fully unbelievable and 10 being completely believable, we'd give this theory a 5 out of 10.
0: It's possible to imagine that the U.S. government would take advantage of an earthquake machine if they could. The real question is whether the science checks out. And much of the evidence suggests that a connection can't be definitively ruled out.
1: Which suggests that Harp has a wide range of applications. Whether or not it can control the weather or control earthquakes, the facility was conceived, at least in part, as part of a missile defense program. The U.S. government has never confirmed whether its anti ballistic technology works, but theorists have tried to fill in the gaps, speculating on the ways HARP can bring down enemy aircraft or even our own ships.
0: And that brings us to conspiracy theory number two HARP was responsible for the Columbia disaster, in which a space shuttle crash killed all seven crew people on board.
1: Before we can delve into the conspiracy theory, though, let's cover the official story. On January 16, 2003, the space shuttle Columbia launched on what would be its final flight.
0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Approximately 80 seconds into the ascent, a piece of foam debris came loose from the craft and struck the left wing of the
1: orbiter. One day later, on January 17th, a routine post-launch video analysis was conducted. It indicated that multiple tiles might be missing across a seven by 30 inch area.
0: Flight Director Steve Stitch emailed Columbia's team dismissing their concerns about the foam strike.
1: He wrote, We have seen this phenomenon on several other flights, and there's absolutely no concern for re-entry.
0: Keep in mind, it took the guy a full week to address the issue, and he definitely underplayed its severity.
1: In fact, while Commander Rick Husband and Pilot William McCool replied with a smiley face and thanks engineers placed three separate requests to the Department of Defense for images of the shuttle. The DOD had access to satellites that could have photographed the wing for closer analysis.
0: It was odd that the flight director assured the astronauts that all was fine, while Mission Control's behavior suggested otherwise.
1: But it gets weirder. Three inquiries for images were ignored, That's because they were never sent. The mission management team dismissed them.
0: One request that did go through to the DoD was placed by Wayne Hale on Flight Day 7. At 7 a.m., he called a Department of Defense representative and asked for the images. But this request hadn't been authorized by the mission management team chair, Linda Hamm. When the Department of Defense called her an hour and a half later to confirm, she turned down their assistance.
1: The mission management team insisted that the foam's damage didn't pose a safety of flight issue.
0: We have to wonder why Linda was so adamant that they didn't need the photos, especially since they might have been vital to the space team's safety.
1: Nevertheless, the mission continued, and nobody approved repairs to the part of the left wing where the foam debris had hit.
0: Just after 8 a.m. Eastern time on February 1st, 2003, mission control
1: approved the shuttle's landing. Everything looks
0: nominal, you go.
1: The crew began their descent at 8.15 a.m. At this point, the orbiter was upside down over the Indian Ocean. They were 175 miles above Earth's surface, traveling at 17,500 miles per hour.
0: By 8:45 a.m., Columbia was mid-descent. The extreme heat of reentry buffeted the craft. Even worse, the left wing showed signs of strain.
1: Mechanical Systems Officer Jeffrey Kling contacted a pair of supporting engineers who were stationed in a nearby support room. They all agreed something odd was happening, but they weren't sure what. Kling advised them to keep an eye on the situation.
0: It seemed the foam debris was a big issue after all.
1: But Columbia continued its fateful descent and nobody notified the onboard crew of the problems.
0: 10 minutes later, the shuttle was spotted slightly west of Sacramento. Civilians on the ground noted signs of shedding debris.
1: Finally, at 8.59 a.m., Commander Rick Husband made his final transmission. Roger, uh,
0: The communication was cut off before Husband could finish his word. The remainder of the craft broke up into bits and disappeared at 9 a.m. All seven crew members were killed just 16 minutes before their planned landing.
1: The Accident Investigation Board concluded that the STS-107 mission was doomed a few seconds after takeoff, when a large chunk of insulating foam broke. The 1.67-pound foam piece slammed into Columbia's left wing and gouged a hole in the protective tiles. This allegedly left the shuttle vulnerable to the high pressure and temperature of re-entry.
0: Which makes it particularly odd that flight director Steve Stitch and shuttle manager Linda Hamm dismissed the threat. Either the broken foam piece wasn't a threat to begin with, its importance was overlooked, or it was intentionally ignored, or maybe everything played out exactly according to plan. Conspiracy theorists consider two possibilities.
1: First, Harp used Columbia as a kind of target practice.
0: And second, HARP inadvertently destroyed Columbia while trying to shoot down a North Korean missile.
1: The first theory is a stretch. HARP and NASA had experimented together before. If HARP really wanted to test their technology on a shuttle, NASA could have easily created an unmanned, risk free test craft, not a terrifying national tragedy.
0: Plus, Columbia's launch cost was around $450 million, while investigation and cleanup efforts for the debris were $400 million, and the disaster tainted NASA's reputation for years to come.
1: They wouldn't so willingly throw away the money, lives, and social prestige to test a weapon.
0: The second theory is a bit more credible. According to conspiracy theorist, radio engineer, and reported former NASA scientist Marshall Smith, a North Korean missile was heading toward the US
1: at the same time that Columbia attempted to land. Of course, we can't confirm that because there are no official records of the launch.
0: Conspiracy theorists would counter that the US government wouldn't want you to know about the launch, Perhaps they detected a North Korean missile the same morning the shuttle descended. According to the theory, the warhead allegedly flew through the same part of the sky where Columbia re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. They practically crossed paths. According to Smith, this was no coincidence. He believes the missile was launched to test Harp technology and determine just how accurate it was.
1: If Harp was super precise, Its instrument would destroy the North Korean missile, but not the Columbia shuttle. But if Harp's defense transmissions covered a large area, both the missile and Columbia would be destroyed.
0: Unfortunately, it lacked precision. Per the conspiracy theory, Harp's researchers understood that their weapon would take down both the missile and the space shuttle. They made the tough decision to sacrifice the Columbia space shuttle and the seven passengers on board. That was preferable to letting a Korean missile hit an American city.
1: If this theory is true, the crew of the Columbia's deaths weren't just a tragedy, but an incredible sacrifice. They died to save the lives of hundreds or thousands of Americans. The cover-up around the real cause of their death compounds injustice upon injustice.
0: But good luck convincing the U.S. government of that, because according to the theories, they'd go to great lengths to hide evidence of HARP's real capabilities. They'll allegedly even use the facility's directed energy beams to kill you from thousands of miles away.
1: Coming up, we'll weigh how convincing we find the Columbia theory, and explore whether harp can be used for mind control. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate. Performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit Collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viori, V-U-O-R-I slash Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. So you need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person and I appreciate you and I know exactly
0: what you like all at the same time. Well, Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: Now, back to the story.
0: In February 2003, the spaceship Columbia crashed, killing all on board. In the aftermath, conspiracy theorists like Marshall Smith implied that Harp was responsible for the crash.
1: The US Navy, which oversaw HARP operations at the time, dismissed the allegation, saying it wasn't us. We weren't even on the air. They even showed their logbook, which had no record of any HARP transmissions on February 1, 2003.
0: The Navy even found it necessary to entertain and eventually dismiss the notion that HARP may have caused Columbia's disaster, and their actions could be seen as suggesting that they perceived the accusations as legitimate.
1: Which makes sense given how high profile some conspiracy theorists are. Marshall Smith, one of the major proponents of this theory, is a radio engineer. Some suggest that he has worked on NASA's space shuttle projects, the Titan, Trident, and Tomahawk missile systems, and particle beam devices. So if anyone knows what NASA and Harp technology can and cannot do, it could be him. In a private
0: correspondence with Jerry E. Smith, a well-known harp critic, Marshall noted that he regularly reviewed the facility's transmission records. This, of course, was before the website got shut down.
1: According to his records, Harp was operating in missile defense mode from 7:15 a.m. to 10:20 a.m. on the morning of February 1, 2003. That would mean Harpsen radio transmissions at the exact time Columbia re-entered the atmosphere.
0: Which sounds pretty damning, but if you want to check it out for yourself, you can't. Marshall's online record of these events are no longer available to the public. His website was taken down.
1: Other than a LinkedIn page of someone who currently works at NASA, as well as a brief profile on NASA's website itself, there's no online evidence that Marshall Smith, the conspiracy theorist, exists. It's as if his internet presence was completely scrubbed. Now, it's possible that NASA made Marshall retract or remove his allegations from the web. Few workplaces would be happy to hear their employees are accusing them of a murderous cover-up.
0: Or maybe the government simply expunged the damning evidence themselves. sounds a lot like the time HARP's website went down immediately after Japan's 2011 earthquake.
1: In fact, the main source where you can read about Marshall's theory is Jerry Smith's book. Which means we just have to take his word about the claims Marshall made. And Jerry Smith doesn't seem as credible as a scientist who works at NASA. So let's look at the facts we can confirm. Officially, NASA attributed the Columbia tragedy to a broken safety culture. The disaster was inevitable thanks to unrealistic deadlines, budget constraints, and ineffective communication between team members. The pressure around the launch meant certain things fell by the wayside, like proper safety protocols.
0: But NASA had a team of seasoned professionals. Even if they were stretched thin and rushing to meet their goals, you'd think someone would have noticed the danger when the foam broke off at takeoff. In particular, it's odd that so many NASA officials turned down DOD assistance once they knew the foam had hit Columbia's wing. Well, that's added effort to stop something that would have clearly benefited the mission.
1: On the other hand, the North Korean missile theory doesn't really hold up either. There's no proof or hard evidence that North Korea launched a missile toward the U.S. These claims only come from Marshall Smith by way of Jerry Smith. Given that, I'm siding with NASA on this one. I give this theory a 3 out of 10. Too many pieces of this story are unconfirmed. And even if it played out exactly as Marshall Smith and Jerry Smith claim, that doesn't mean you'd have to cover it up.
0: If the government is going to hide something, it has to be worth hiding. Well, perhaps like our last conspiracy theory.
1: Conspiracy theory number three, HARP is a top secret mind control device.
0: We'll start this one from the beginning.
1: In April, 2018, journalist Curtis Waltman published some interesting findings. He worked for the Boston nonprofit, Muckrock. The company helps people make Freedom of Information Act requests to government bodies. In other words, they provide important declassified information to the public.
0: One day, Curtis received an email with an attached file labeled EM effects on the human body.
1: The file contained multiple documents detailing devices and techniques that could manipulate the human mind. 10 hertz radio waves could disturb motor functions. 15 hertz could impair hearing. 25 hertz can distort sight. The document went on and on.
0: It seemed like whoever created the documents had developed some kind of mechanism to control people through sound waves. And Curtis's file isn't the only evidence that people are looking into the technology.
1: A 2002 document attributed to the Russian parliament warned of a new American geophysical weapon that sounds a lot like harp. It allowed the government to intercept radio communications, provoke serious electromagnetic accidents, and have a negative impact on the mental health of people populating entire regions.
0: Furthermore, Amir Raz, Assistant Professor of Clinical Neuroscience at Columbia University, believes it's possible that extremely low-frequency wavelengths can impact brain activity. In fact, magnetic pulses could even treat depression.
1: But if the technology can alleviate mental health conditions, it can also do the opposite. Radio frequencies between 2 and 20 hertz have been shown to potentially impede cognitive function. And John
0: Heckscher, one of HARP's program managers, said that HARP sometimes broadcasts in the 1 to 20 hertz range.
1: So far, this is all speculation. The fact that the government is researching Soundwave's effect on mental health doesn't mean they're using that information to build a weapon, nor does it mean HARP is involved. But in 2013, Whistleblower Edward Snowden reportedly released documents alleging that U.S. officials were using HARP to perform mind control.
0: Snowden was a former CIA employee and subcontractor who copied and leaked highly classified NSA information in 2013. The information leaked was completely legitimate, which makes his claims about HARP a lot more plausible.
1: Snowden's alleged HARP memos were pulled from high ranking officials' email accounts. Documents from admirals and Air Force Brigadier Generals affirmed that HARP is engaged in a program of assassination and mind control.
0: In September 2016, reporters quote Snowden as saying, The HARP research station, which is strategically based away from prying eyes near Gakona, Alaska, is actually used to terminate or manipulate would be dissidents of global capitalism on the scale of millions of people.
1: Part of what makes this alleged weapon so dangerous is the fact that it's invisible. Allegedly, HARP projects ultra-high-powered radio waves that can induce deaths that are indistinguishable from strokes or heart attacks.
0: Alternatively, if government operatives want to keep their victims alive, they could use HARP to make their victims act mentally unbalanced, discrediting them.
1: This might all sound like something out of a sci-fi TV show, but... Dr. Patrick Flanagan argues that ideas behind mind control, like Snowden's claims, are scientifically possible. Flanagan worked as a consultant for the NSA, CIA, NASA, and the Office of Naval Research. He even developed an electromagnetic communication system for the US military. So he knows about utilizing and weaponizing directed energy.
0: According to Dr. Patrick Flanagan, these ELF, or extremely low-frequency wavelengths, are the frequencies at which the human brain operates. Coincidentally, those are also the wavelengths that allegedly triggered the Fukushima earthquake. He explained... Harp can generate all these frequencies. If you can control these frequencies and modulate them in different ways, you can control various emotions.
1: The mental interference is apparently short-term. Once a person stops receiving the harp signals, they'll return to their normal emotional state. But the prospect that the government could alter the way we think even temporarily is terrifying.
0: Snowden found himself thinking strange thoughts when he released his leaks. After he fled the country, he allegedly had to fend off the constant threat of radio-generated homicidal delusions.
1: Later, Snowden essentially turned his flat into a protective cage. He surrounded his living quarters with wire mesh and metal plates to shield the room from external electric fields. Which all sounds pretty outlandish.
0: But Edward Snowden is generally regarded as reliable, and his documents in question, which seemingly prove that HARP is capable of broadcasting mind-altering frequencies, haven't been debunked. I'm giving it a 4 out of
1: 10. That's true. But I'm not so convinced that HARP can do what he said it can. It's one thing to demonstrate that certain vibrations can increase a person's anxiety or stress levels, It's something else to say we have mind-control technology. And there's no scientific evidence that HARP's frequencies can kill a person from a distance or give someone a mental health condition. I give this theory a 2 out of 10.
0: Fair enough. It's clear that Harp could be used for some top-secret military purpose, but it's hard to say with any certainty whether it triggers specific brain states, causes devastating earthquakes, or shoots down spacecraft.
1: But after weighing all the evidence, I think that Harp is probably a tool to research the upper portions of Earth's atmosphere, just like the official story says.
0: But historically, the government has invested in mind control and weather warfare, I'm not ready to fully dismiss any of these theories, other than the one that Harp caused the Columbia disaster. I think we can agree, that's a stretch. Certainly. But regardless of what officials say, Harp could be used for something sinister. As for what that is, I suppose the sky's the limit. for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify.
1: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Conspiracy Theories for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker.
0: To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar.
1: Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story.
0: And the official story isn't always the truth.
1: Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Lauren DeLille, with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.